This is It Just Takes One. One person, one experience, one idea, one moment to change your life. Here's what's coming up on today's show. But mostly it's fun. I, you know, I do it correctly, but it's fun. I do it because I like it. It's fun. And that's, I mean, I, I kind of try, I've been really working on making sure that how, whatever I'm doing, I enjoy doing. Um, you know, so if you don't like running, don't run. You don't like biking, don't bike. You know, you don't like lifting weights, do, you know, but find something you, you like doing. Having conversations with people that inspire me. And I think what inspires me the most is when somebody figures out how to live the life they want to live, not the life that the world says we should live. Today's guest is Jacqueline Gicko, and she is one of those people who inspire me. She is the recent best-selling author of a new book called Live Pain-Free, Your Journey to Move Better. And we talk about her book today, but the conversation goes deeper than that. She shares some thoughts about living your best life, taking control of your choices, and doing the things that feel right for you. In addition, she's also talking about that in the framework of staying healthy, continuing to move, doing things that help you stay out of pain, no matter what your age, no matter what your interest, there are ways to continue to keep moving that make your life better. It's a fascinating conversation. I think it will inspire you as well. And so I invite you to sit back and listen in as Jacqueline Gicko shares her story. Jacqueline, so great to see you. I'm excited to have you back on the podcast and, and great to see you. Yeah, it's really nice. I, I, I know we, we, you, you suggested before the holiday and it got a little too congested. So it's nice to, you know, it's nice to be over the hump of that time and um, we're into the new year. Not that the new year is that great at this point. <laughs> yeah, sort of status quo from from really late fall till now, the world has been in a little bit different place, but perfect timing for you to get a little bit more momentum on the book and to, to bring it out to the world again, because soon enough, although we were just chatting about the winter, soon enough, the world's going to be moving again and you know the the weather will change and covid hopefully will begin to die off a little bit more and and we can talk a little bit more about movement which is a lot of what your book is about and what your philosophy is about so right yeah let's, yeah, let's and talk also, about yeah go ahead i was just going to say and also the, the prediction is that february will be better than last month but we'll we'll see not come when you're in new york so you've got you know, all the, the New York cases are certainly higher. I'm in upstate New York. We're just starting to see a little bit of tail off now here. So that's a good, good sign for me, I think. Eventually, eventually we'll get there. But let's talk about the book. Your new book 
is called Live Pain-Free, Your Journey to Move Better. And I really am, I, I'm, I'm excited about this book for a lot of reasons, but for the listeners today, what I want to do is share with them why you decided to write this book. What was it that made you decide to write it? <clears throat> My last book, Living Pain-Free, which is where this uh, derived from, was my journey, how I came from a point of having had to renew myself and make myself uh, take the steps to to create a uh, a healthier body and and um, being <clears throat> from not really understanding what I did. And in the book, I say that if you identify with me, that a lot of times someone like me becomes an inspiration to someone else. And, uh, and, I, and I still believe that. But when I finished the book, it started to strike me that um, there, was, there was sort of a, I wanted to get people to be inspired by my journey, um, but I was, I was making them work too hard. <laughs> I mean, my, you know, I think people should read my journey. It's important. And, and it, it, you know, and I feel really excited about the way that it, it proceeded. Uh, but in, if they, as a, as a movement coach, as a personal trainer and a, and a health coach, what I want is for people to um, not only identify with me, but um, identify the things that are holding them back and be able to start thinking how, you know, feeling like they could do what I did. And, and, um, and reading my book, they had to work too hard. They had to, they had to first, they had to see what I was doing. They had to identify with me. They had to think, oh, maybe that's something that I uh, am concerned with too. Um, and it, and it also came at the same time as I was I saw a book call that had nothing to do with what I do. Uh, it was a computer book. Um, and the title of it was Don't Make Me Think. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and, and that, that, that just immediately struck me. And that's what I felt about that book. That book makes, means people have to think. And I think people should think, but they, you know, but I think that in order for someone to move forward, uh, they need to they they need it to be um, easier for them, and so I took that I took the essence of what was in that book, all of the things that I had to think about that someone has to think about in order to make uh, decisions on where they where they want to go with their life, um, and and the things that came up in COVID that were more than movement, which included mental movement and emotional movement and uh, nutritional movement um, that, that seemed to stop people in their tracks. And I, and I put that together so that people could get a direct understanding of things that maybe that were bothering them and that were holding them back from doing uh, the best that they could do for themselves. Well, I can say in the couple of years that I have known you, you are absolutely an inspiration. Watching what you do, watching the amount that you do, how you do what you do is, we, we should all be striving to be able to move as you're moving and get out there and do the things that we really want to do 
in our lives, all of us. And so the fact that you're taking that and now speaking directly to the reader, putting it into language that they understand, talking to them with their issues, who would you say is, is the person that will be best helped by this book? I think in, in any case, the person who is going to be best um, helped by the information that they see is the person who's ready to, who's uncomfortable enough to have to think that they, they, they have to do something. Um, and, you know, at the end of the book, I talk about the process, the, the um, transformational um, steps that we go through before we can make a change. And we start by not thinking that we're going to do anything and we proceed to, um, you know, thinking that maybe I could do something. Uh, and then we maybe try a couple of things and they work and then we, you know, start to develop a routine. Um, but but um, the person that's going to be helped by this book is already going to be in a position where they think that there's something they can do and they're motivated to start investigating it. Um, the person that's like, oh yeah, I'm old and I can't do that, you know, or I, you know, I teach some people now in, in assisted living places that are kind of like this, oh, I'm 90, I don't have to do that. And another person will say, uh, if you want to see 95, you, you might want to do that. Um, and so, the, you know, that's the kind of thing, you know, that, that I, that, you know, I mean, I would be more apt to say that person that says, if you want to see 95, they're going to, they're going to get something out of this book. And uh, the person that says, oh, I'm 90, I don't have to do that. No, they don't. They're not going to get what they need. Maybe they will. I mean, maybe something will spark uh, a, a change, but but probably um, I never I never waste my time with somebody who's already arguing. Mm -hmm. And so, really, somebody with that growth mindset, somebody who does want to keep moving, who is really looking to make a life that is vibrant and enjoyable, and and is looking for how to do that. And also, as you said, somebody that is uncomfortable enough that they've decided it's time to do something. So when you're talking about uncomfortable enough, are you talking about that they're in enough pain that it's time? Or are you talking about just feeling sedentary and sedate and just knowing they've got to do something and that discomfort is kind of pushing them? Well, people start at a point of being uncomfortable and they don't know why and they don't have an idea. So in the book, I have, I have uh, four or five different areas that, you know, that identify it. Um, nutrition, um, they, uh, mental health, uh, movement. Um, and, and I, and, and so um, what, what they, what someone can do, I think, it, and what I've done, it actually is read, you know, get an understanding. It's like, you know, uh, maybe I don't need to lose weight, but maybe I need to eat differently. Um, you know, and I don't, you know, I'm not giving anybody a diet plan, um, but I'm, you know, but I'm saying we need to be mindful. 
Uh, and that's, you know, that's the thing. And, and, and I think, and what I try very hard to do with all of this is mindfulness sometimes has this woo woo thing about it, you know, and basically mindfulness is we have to start paying attention. We have to start paying attention to ourselves. Um, and um, so, yeah, people that are, people that are thinking I'm uncomfortable. Oh, uh, I would like to walk more, you know, or I would like to be more active or, you know, maybe I don't even need, like I said, maybe I don't need to lose some weight. Uh, but I, you know, but, uh, you know, when I eat this, it makes me not feel great. So, you know, didn't occur to me to say, oh, then don't eat this. But now, you know, but now I might think, well, how else can I eat that would be that would make me feel better? And and if I feel better, I will I might get up and and take a walk or you know or do some exercises. I, I have these. I'm, I'm teaching in these assisted living places now, and I gotta say, there's some you know, not everybody, but some of the people that come to the classes are great. They do what they can. They do what they can, and some of them are frustrated. You know, I have a, there's a woman that was a skier and a runner and a swimmer, and she had a heart attack and broke her hip. And, and now she's having to struggle physically. And, it, and she's so frustrated because she thinks of herself as a skier and a runner and a swimmer, you know. And so she's, you know, she's trying the best she can to get in a cab. And, you know, um, you know so I do, you know, to be able to talk to somebody from that perspective i i kind of i brought up uh, ruth bader ginsburg a couple of times because uh, you know no matter how sick she was she spent the last of her life working with a personal trainer to you know to keep herself going i tell these people the same thing you know so when you say i'm uncomfortable and i'm 90 or 70 or 60 for that matter um you know uh and you think, oh, it's too late. It's not too late. You know, I think it's important to, to, you know, reading the book, maybe people can feel that they can, you know, they can have a better life no matter how long they have. And that's the most important thing. I love that philosophy. I think it isn't about unless you want to, it isn't about running marathons at 90. Certainly if that's your goal, then, then have at it. But it's really about what you're describing is that better life. You know, that movement makes a difference and being out of pain makes a difference. I, I appreciate your philosophy on that. Share a little bit more about your thoughts on, on aging in general, because you do have what I would say the most healthy view of what it means to continue living that vibrant life as you get older. Well, you know, I hate that word. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I wanted you to say too. <laughs> I never use aging as a verb. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and, and I don't feel like it, and I don't think it's semantics, quite frankly. I think, you know, I, I, I still to this, at any, at any rate, I don't understand why, why suddenly at 60, they, they say we are aging. What happened to us getting older? You know, when we're 12, oh, I'm a year older. 
you know, at, at, at you know, at 20, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm older than I was, you know, and then, you know, at 40, I'm still young, you know, <laughs> it's, you know, but, but at 60, suddenly you're not getting older, you're aging. What is that? I don't understand what that is and why it's only, it's, you know, why isn't somebody at 10 aging? They're aging if it's a, it's a, a verb. But you don't say to a 10 year old, oh, you're you're really aging this year. I was on a bike. I was coming home on from a bike uh, ride this weekend and this young um, delivery person was next to me. And I will tell you, I'm not even sure how he could tell how old I was. I was wearing goggles and the helmet and the gator and, the, you know, and he, you know, but he looked at me and he said, you're really fresh fresh you know it's like i you know he was very young and he he was trying to not be you know insulting you know and then he said wow that's a great bike you know well and i and i actually i left him in the dust but the thing was that you know (laughs) but you know i heard this you know you're really fresh and i looked at him and i said you're a little fresh yourself Which went over his head because he's not, he didn't speak English that well. And he was just trying to do the best he could. But, you know, I, I, but for me, it was like, it was a way to, to address whatever he was saying in a, you know, in kind of with some humor to it. So, so we're getting older, I'm getting older. Um, And, and um, what I would like to do is at, at 90, which these days isn't that far away. Um, I would like to be as vibrant as I am now. And, and I definitely do different things now. When, when I was in my 60s, I had a personal trainer. I was trying to get really strong. And I, you know, my, one of my goals was to lift my own body weight, you know, to do a deadlift of my body weight. It was great. Now my, you know, my goal is I, I work out a lot but I am trying to be as functional as possible. I want to be able to get up every morning. And, and if I feel like taking a run, I can take a run and, and, you know, and get up, go about my day. Um, I want to go to bed and not be in pain. I want to, you know, um, I want to have the ability to, uh, um, you know, open a jar without a problem. I want to be able to, my brother, I have a, I have a Murphy bed and my brother says, oh, what, you know, how are you going to open it up when, you know, you have to be pretty strong? Well, it's on a pivot, but the fact is that I can reach up and, and bring the bed down. That's, you know, and I, and it doesn't bother me. It's, it's comfortable. Um, so, so I view, what was your question now? (laughs) I love it because you're actually, that's exactly you know, we've had these conversations as we've gotten to know each other over the past couple of years. And the world, for whatever reason, has decided that aging is a terrible thing. And so they use the word aging as a derogatory comment. And, and it isn't semantics. You're right. It, it becomes sort of this, this cloak that they're putting on you with some expectation that is negative, not, not a positive thing. And and I think we it, we we don't even realize we're absorbing that as part of the messaging in our world, but we do absorb it. And so what happens is we then give ourselves the the excuse, and then and we allow ourselves to fall into whatever that 
expectation is that at 60, I, I'm not going to be able to move as well. Or at 70, I can't ride my bike 25 miles. Or at 90, I can't run if I want to run. Um, and we just allow ourselves to sort of that learned helplessness, just sort of sink into that. And, and then what happens is we lose the quality of our life. And so I love that you challenge it and that you show, not only say that there's a different way, but you live in a different way so that people can see that, that there is a, an amazing life that goes until the very end, whatever that age is, and, and that you can do things. You can do things every day that allow you to live the life you want to live. I, you know, it's, it's interesting people, I, I, I run into people all the time that can't do things and they, and, and they can't do them because they think they can't do them and they can't do them because they don't understand that they have an, an, a misunderstanding of how they should be going about doing those things. My knees hurt. I can't get up if I, you know, if I kneel on the ground, uh, you know, um, you know, my neck hurts. I've always had a, you know, a this or that. I've always, I've always, you know, been inflexible doing this. I have, you know, arthritis in my hands. And that's one of the reasons I got heated gloves to ride with because I don't want to stop riding and I don't want to hurt. Um, and, uh, you know, so I have, uh, we take pictures when I'm on a bike ride and there's uh, people that are, younger than me and older than me don't want to get down you know don't want to kneel in the front row because they can't get up so they can't you know but the thing is if you can't get up you're already not in great shape and if you can't get up you're you can do something about that and you know but people think but people say i can't rather than i'm out of shape and you know or i haven't you know <laughs> um uh, people are like, um, I, I see people on Facebook all the time in my bike and running group, uh, you know, I'm not going as fast as I used to. So what it takes, you know, it, a mile is the same distance, whether it takes you 15 minutes or 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Um, I'm a slow runner. I, I, I love running, you know, but people start running and they get hurt and they stop running and they go, oh, I can't run. My knees hurt because they think they have to be running a certain speed they have to be doing a certain distance and you know and the thing is that um they're not having fun they think they're training for something instead of going out and enjoying the outside i go out and i i like being outside for an hour i like being outside you know sometimes i tell myself you just have to go out to get myself out, you just need to get outside and do a mile. That's it. You know, um, I, I run, I run like between 13 and 15 miles a minute, an hour, you know, I'm a slow runner. People are like, if I can't do 10 miles, 10, a 10 minute mile, what's the point? Well, the point is I stop, I take pictures. I have a great time. I feel better when I come back. Um, I have the same thing at biking. I put on all my clothes. I'm all ready to go. I love being outside, you know? I mean, I love living in the city, but I also love, you know, going outside. Um, but I, I do exercises regularly 
to make sure that all my my parts are, are you know are moving correctly and i pay attention not to the amount of weight that i may lift or or you know or handle for weight training but to the form that i do you know because the form is really more important than how much i can you know how much i can challenge myself in the pounds of weight i i carry so what i hear you describing is almost we get a story in our head we get a story that i can't or we get a story that if i can't do a 10 minute mile then what's the point or you know we sort of get this concept in our head and if we don't match that expectation then we we have a tendency to give up and so what you're suggesting is reframe that story find a different story, look at it a different way, find a new perspective, and then let that motivate you to keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. Find something that, you know, figure out what's important to you. Again, you know, who's going to be attracted by the book that I wrote is somebody who's curious. Um, they, you know, they, they, they can't do what they always thought they could do and maybe there's a different way. And I, and, and, you know, so I've got some, some ideas that, you know, are in there. Um, you know, like I had, I had breakfast the other day, I ordered pancakes and bacon. Great. I love that breakfast. Right. And the runner friend of mine commented on my post, well, it's a good thing you work out that much because you, you know, otherwise you would, you know, you wouldn't be able to do that. I said, I said, I think you have a food anxiety, <laughs> you know, I said, maybe, maybe you should think about, you know, portion control, it, you know, I mean, it's not like I'm having bacon and pancakes, three, three meals a day, every day, you know, kind of thing, you know, it had, it had nothing to do with me. It had all to do with her feelings about food and how she was, you know, allowing herself to live. And then, you know, that's and the same thing with people that go, oh, I can't run or I can't jump or I can't do all this because my knees hurt. And I'm, and my feeling about, you know, my, my response is always, it, it's not about your knees. It's, you know, your, your knees are a joint. If you can walk, you can jump and run and all that kind of stuff. If you pay attention to all the other muscles in your body and make sure that they're all in good shape. You have a section in the book where you actually talk about believe in yourself, really tune in, be aware, but believe in yourself. And when I hear that story about the pancakes and the bacon, and I think, because you believe in yourself, because you know what works for you, you know, that just the joy of having that breakfast that tasted great to you today was, was wonderful. And there was nothing other than that moment to have it. Right. But you yeah. had to believe in yourself and, and trust yourself on that to be able to stand up to whatever anybody else's anxieties are. Right. And I think that's also an important thing when, when you're trying to figure out if there is some other approach to the way that you are living that is making you uncomfortable, is that you have to come to the point where you know what your priorities are. Um, and, and, um, it, you know, if the priority, uh, is to do, you know, to be comfortable eating pancakes, then how do I do that? And, and, you know, um, that means that's a mind shift. That's a, uh, coming to terms with, with myself, um, 
you know, and, and getting rid of the fear. I mean, that's fear, fear of, of, um, of doing anything because I might hurt myself is a real fear and it's a real possibility. And there are ways to address that. So, you know, I mean, if I am, uh, if I believe that I am okay, then I can have a pancake. I can jump up a step because, you know, so let me get it out of the food thing because I hate talking about food. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, I-, I Ride that 25 of, miles. Yeah, right. Part, part of why I, part of why, uh, when I run, I, I, um, I, I jump up and down steps. I have fun. It's, it's fun for me. And I do it because when you do that, if you, if you lower yourself down when you land, you're softly land and you, and you come back up, you've done a squat. So, you know, jumping down and jumping back up these steps, I'm doing, you know, six inches as a step. It's not like I'm trying to jump up 12 or 16 inches onto a, a you know, um, a, you know, a rock. And, uh, but I'm, you know, but I'm doing a soft landing and I'm coming up, I'm, you know, sort of bouncing up and down and I, you know, and I'm, and what I practice is, is um, working the right muscles to make me able to be doing that without pain and, uh, you know, and to add to my cardio and that kind of thing. Um, and it's fun, but mostly it's fun. I, you know, I do it correctly, but it's fun. I do it because I like it. It's fun. And that's, I mean, I kind of try, I've been really working on making sure that whatever I'm doing, I enjoy doing, um, you know. So if you don't like running, don't run. You don't like biking, don't bike. You know, you don't like lifting weights, do, you know, but find something you you like doing, you know. I have a new book in progress called Walk and Run Better. And what my main um, message is that in there is walk faster, run slower. Nice. Nice. You know, you, you talked about this, you kind of touched on it and I'll bring it back to this because you talk about the four keys to all of this in the book and, and, and you're describing some of them here, body awareness, emotions, which to me is that fun part, the joy of just what it feels like to, to jump onto a step in your case, or maybe for somebody to dance to their favorite music or whatever it is. Um, there's an emotion that comes with it. There's nutrition, you've talked about that. And then there's movement. What's the end result? If somebody is listening and they're saying, yes, this is me. I am ready to do something and I and I don't know what to do. And but I know I know I need to. What's the end result for them? What can they expect if they start paying attention to those four keys? I think that people have to get rid of need. I need to do this and, and change it to, I want to do this. And, you know, I, I know it's like, sometimes it's, uh, um, uh, I, don't, I can't think of the word offhand, but where, you know, um, where everybody takes things for granted, but, um, entertain the idea that it, 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 there's a different way to do something. 
just entertain the idea. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, at one point I, um, I was, <laughs> I had the idea that I wanted to learn how to run barefoot. It's an idiotic thing to do in the city, but, you know, but I, I wear barefoot shoes, but I, I got involved with the, with the uh, barefoot movement. And I, and I, I tried it a couple of times. I kept stubbing my toe because I wasn't paying attention to how my feet were landing. So, so I did it a couple of times. I did it, you know, I did a couple of short runs just to see how I could do it. And ultimately I decided it wasn't for me to, to do it that way, but I could keep running with zero drop shoes and barefoot shoes. And, you know, and I think that that's the thing, entertain the idea that you could do something differently. Like, you know, I mean, that's, that was, that's my most recent experience. I already was running, but I wanted to try, you know, I, here's this way that people could do stuff. And I thought, yeah, give, let me give it a try, you know, and that, you know, that made me come to understanding how my feet moved, you know, you know, if I kept, you know, because I kept that one, the, my big toe, I kept this just on one foot, <laughs> kept being, you know, kept getting stubbed, you know, clearly, I was doing something, I was moving a muscle or I wasn't moving or I was out of control. I didn't have a control over my, my, the, my feet movements enough to be able to do it well. And I had, you know, I spent a little time so I could do that. And then I, you know, but that was, so I entertained that thought, try to do that. Okay. Now I get it. I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> you know, this like, you know, I'm not going to do it, but I can see how I can see how I, you know, I, I need to do it. Um, if I wanted to, um, and now I'm going to do it, you know, I'm, so I make a choice. So then that's what people need to do. Entertain the thought that there may be a different way to do something that you're doing already and maybe try it once, try it twice, try it three times, who knows, and then decide if that's for you. And, you know, if it's not for you, don't do it, do something else. Uh, find something else that you can do. And I think that that's the, I think that's the key to how somebody starts. Um, maybe they can do that on their own. I do it a lot on my own, although I've searched out help from others at, you know, as I need it um, or from books or whatever, or I joined a Facebook group to find out how to do, you know, how other people do it. Um, people work with me, they, you know, they can get that from, you know, my response to what they're doing. But my response is always pay attention to the form, pay attention to yourself, pay attention to what you're doing and, and, and make it work for you. If, you know, and if this is not good for you, then you need to think about how you want to do it. So, you know, don't criticize me because I'm eating pancakes, you know, <laughs> think about what you, you know, how, how you might feel if you didn't feel like there was, there were things you can't eat. Yeah. And what you're describing, which I think is a, just such a powerful message is that, that we actually have way more control than maybe we believe we have, that we can make these choices. We can pay attention to ourselves and do what feels good to us. We can change the perspective and think maybe there's another way. We don't have to be so influenced by whatever the outside world is saying. We can 
take control of our own life and make decisions that feel good for us. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, I, it's, it's not, it's not difficult, you know, it's not, you know, it's, it's not rocket science. Um, it's really, it really boils down to what's important to you. What's important to me. What's important to me is comfort, strangely enough, um, you know, uh, but, but comfort for me means that, you know, I'm disciplined enough to do what's necessary to feel comfortable. And I do it regularly. I do it habitually. I, it, you know, I don't even think about it. Um, but, and I do it moderately because if I, if I push myself, I, you know, like usually I, I do, I, I work out every morning. I have a routine, not every morning, I, you know, every morning that I can, I work this or that this morning I got up. I didn't feel it. Well, I'll run later, you know, but I didn't do that because it's not important that I check off that I did this, 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 rigidly it's that you're in tune with what you're feeling in that moment what feels like the right thing and going with that rather than trying to just check off a box yeah and and if i didn't do it it wasn't it wasn't a failure i think that's the other thing people you know um i didn't run a 10 minute mile therefore i might as well not run you know what difference does it make if you you know 12, 13, 14, 15, 17 minutes, you know, who cares? Um, you know, how do you feel about yourself? How do you feel when you finish? How do you feel while you're doing it? How do you feel about your body as you're moving? That's so important, I think, is to get some sense of joy out of doing, not out of uh, having done. Yeah, beautiful. So Jacqueline, I'm guessing at this point we've piqued the interest and some people listening are thinking, hmm, this some, looks like somebody I'd like to follow. I'd like to get the book. I want to learn more. If they're interested in finding out more about you and what you're doing and getting the book, where can they do that? Well, my books are on uh, Amazon um, and they can go there or they can go to my website, which has a list of what I've written. Um, my website also has how to get in touch with me. Um, and you'll put a link in there for yeah. people to get in touch with. I also have a, a, a little freebie for people if they want to get onto my non-existent uh, mailing list <laughs> so far. <laughs> you know, I'm collecting names, but I'm not, definitely not getting in touch with people, you know, over get, getting in touch with people so they're annoyed. I'm not getting in touch with anybody, but I have the list and eventually something may happen. But the freebie is a little a quick little kickstart for the day of some body weight movements to do before getting out of bed takes about five minutes to, you know, make sure that when you hop out of bed, you can hop out of bed. And also you feel like you've accomplished something already before you even got out of bed. And it's called kickstart your day. <laughs> Pain-free. Pain-free being a key as well. But yeah, that's, um, that's great. I will make sure all of that gets into the show notes. So if you're listening, you can look down below and find all of those links. And Jacqueline, as always, it's just a pleasure to connect with you. Conversations are always so interesting. And, and I wish you the best to continue to keep moving and to stay well and to, to be pain-free, to live pain-free, and to keep helping others do the same. 
Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs>And there you have it, Jacqueline Gicko sharing her story, sharing about her book, but I think sharing a much deeper message that I hope will leave you thinking a little bit deeper. I agree with her that the word aging is not just semantics. For whatever reason, the world has decided that getting older is not a good thing. And it is kind of funny. She mentions when we're young, you know, we can't wait to get older. Um, we don't call it aging then, but we, we are looking forward to getting older until a certain point, somewhere along the line, getting older becomes a negative. And I think we can work to change that narrative. And we can do that by following Jacqueline's advice. Decide what works for you. Decide the life you want to live and then get moving. It's that simple, but it takes some thought. It also takes some support. And if you are interested in following Jacqueline or getting in touch with her, I am putting all of the information in the show notes. And you can, you can see not just the book that we talked about today, but the other books that she's written on Amazon. Thank you for joining us for this thoughtful conversation today. I look forward to sharing more episodes of It Just Takes One with you soon.